That was us. Do you believe that? That was us. I looked like another church from Western Australia or from Sydney. But no, that was us. That was Door of Hope Christian Church. Speaking of Western Australia, I do want to, I guess, put it out there this morning, a big welcome to a friend that I personally met this morning, but I've known from a distance. And uh, let me just introduce it in a way like this, that uh, in the year was 2003, nearly 13 years ago, it'll be this November that we moved in here. For those who were around 13 years ago, you might remember who came from Western Australia to help us open this facility. Phil Baker, that's right, Phil Baker, a well-known Christian senior pastor, uh, a a beloved pastor from across uh, our country in Western Australia, from the the church, Riverview Church. And unfortunately, just a few years after that, that Phil became uh, very ill, very sick, and he could no longer minister, and so the church decided to continue to move their vision and their mission forward, and so they employed somebody else, and uh, his name is Hayden Nilsson. And uh, I was out in the foyer this morning, and somebody brought Hayden up to me this morning. Yes, Hayden is here this morning. Where are you, Hayden? Just put your hand up nice and high. I can't see. Where are we? Over here. Here he is over here, Pastor Hayden Nelson. We welcome you. Come on, let's welcome Pastor Hayden Nelson. Great to have you here. And um, he tells me that he's on retreat here in a beautiful part of our world in Coles Bay. And uh, we welcome you, Pastor Hayden. It's uh, great to have you. It's great to finally meet you, uh, even though I've uh, followed you uh, and uh, (laughs) I tracked you down. And um, uh, it's great, great to really have you here. And love and uh, best wishes to the church over there, of course. And uh, uh, we we know a few of the people over there. Uh, And also some good friends of Karen and mine over a number of years are here this morning as well. Their names are Damon Belinda McDermott, and uh, they've been uh, long-term friends of ours from based in Hobart. Where are you guys? Can we just give me a wave? I can't see a lot here at the, this morning. Is that all right? Whereabouts are we? Whereabouts? Over here. Oh, here we go. Right there. Welcome, guys. Great to have you here as well. Hey, we also welcome those who are listening live on uh, live stream this morning. It's great to have you here. Door of Hope has a heart to connect with, the, uh, uh, I guess, more regional places of our state and to really sow in there as well. So we certainly welcome you, those who are watching live streaming and also listening via podcast. This is week two of our 2020 vision. Last week, you might remember that we talked about the past, the present, and the future. We presented three goals, and these next three Sundays, I am really looking forward, starting today, to expand on these three goals that we're bringing before you as a church. Now, on your way out this morning, and also online, you'll be able to download this online or just have a look at it online, you'll receive a a flyer that explains a little bit more about our 2020 vision. So this morning on your way out, feel free to grab one of those. But in the meantime, can I just do just a quick recap of last week? And it goes like this. We said this, that given all that God has blessed us with, that He's equipped us for and called us to, it would be criminal to sit on our hands on all that we've achieved over, we celebrated 130, 33. We celebrate 133 years, I think, this year. And so because of that, that sense that it would be wrong to stay where we are and say, look how good we've, we are and look what we've done, what we've achieved, even though he's achieved it through us. Praise or glory to God. We have decided that we must continue the good work of the good news in our city. And in many ways, these last 131 years, whatever it is, has been preparing us for these next five years ahead. And so 
for those who weren't here, we wanted to be very clear that our vision and our mission remains. And you've already heard that in the clip just before. And so together in community, we continue on with the call to actively engage the brokenness and the hopelessness in our city by being a door of hope through Jesus Christ in a fragile and uncertain world. And so we've chosen a very small number of very significant goals, and here are the three goals. I don't know if you remember what they are. Here they are. Growing hope, growing invitations, and growing mercy. By the way, just keep that there for a moment. Somebody said to me, we didn't know anything about this. The leadership team didn't pick up on this at all. Somebody told me this after the morning service yes, last week, and they said this, Steve, you do realize this, don't you? I said, what's that? They said, there's an acrostic here. You got it. It's H-I-M. They said, Steve, we are growing him in our city. Isn't that good? Growing hope, growing invitations, and growing mercy. Today, we're going to talk about this first goal of growing hope. The what, the why, and the how. First of all, what? Well, growing hope is all about more and more people having hope in their lives. Why? Why growing hope? Well, because Jesus is the ultimate hope for every human life in this fragile and uncertain world. And because there are thousands of people in our city and beyond without hope, that creates a spiritual emergency requiring the urgency of God's people to share openly and boldly the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And so we want to be about, we want to see people growing spiritually. And so we're aiming to achieve this. A thousand stories of hope and transformation by 2020. A thousand stories of hope and transformation by 2020. Let me just speak into this for a moment, because what does that mean? There's a couple of sides to this. Firstly, it means this. This is how we are going to measure this goal. We aim to see 1,000 people, first of all, attending church each week here at Door of Hope and have 250 baptisms by 2020. Now, we have strategies that are going to help us with that. That's the kind of detail. But how many of us know in business and in work and in life, and in our professional leadership lives, that John Maxwell, he says that uh, um, vision without strategy is just wishful thinking. We need strategy. We need to figure out how we're going to get from the Tamer River, from the Penny Royal there, right up to Georgetown. And so we've got some strategy, well, not literally speak, you get, okay, okay, good. And so we've got some strategies going to help us there. And as Bruce brought that beautiful prayer before us there before, we value prayer here in the life of Door of Hope. And uh, prayer is the number one strategy on each of three, these three goals. I want you to know that. And so we want to see evidence in this particular goal that we're not just building a big crowd. But Jesus is actually having an impact on people's lives, and they're making progress, like uh, our friend Mel said this morning, they're making progress along what we call here at Door of Hope, the hope pathway. Experiencing what Mel's experiencing, that genuine hope and that genuine transformation, because it's about growing deep and also wide. It's growing deep spiritually and wide with our invitation. It's deep and wide, where real people 
are experiencing real change of hope and transformation. And our world, our world is crying out for good news stories, is it not? I've stopped watching the news. I've told you here a few times that I used to watch the news and uh, I recorded the news and watched it later as the kids went to bed so we can have that family time together. And I'd watch it and I'd go to, I'd go to bed depressed because of the devastation, the evilness and the heartache and the brokenness of sensationalist journalism at its best. So I've stopped watching the news. <laughs> Because there are good news stories out there. So why don't they record the good news stories? Why don't, why don't we have hope stories? And that's what we're aiming for. There are good things, and God is doing a good thing among us. Amen. <laughs> and so starting last Sunday, here's what we're going to do. I've got it right here. We mean business with this. The next five years, we're asking each of us to send us your hope and transformational stories, however you want to send it to us, via email, via connect cards, via social media, via post, person to person. We've started collecting hope stories starting last Sunday, not five years ago, not 10 years ago, starting last Sunday for the next four to five years in our 2020 vision, and we've simply called it 1,000 stories of hope, and, and there are stories in there, right? There are stories in that envelope. So starting last Sunday, for the next four to five years, we're asking you to send us your hope stories. Once again, before I go any further, I want to talk about this thing of numerical growth, because we get a little bit, eh. numerical growth has nothing to do with being proud of having a big church. It's all to do with shifting culture and having the impact. For example, for example, let's bring these figures up here on the screen, if we could, because currently, cu currently, we have seven to eight hundred people. Seven to eight, let's go to the next slide. Here we go, here we go. Seven to eight hundred people currently called Door of Hope Christian Church their home church. Every Sunday, we're averaging about 500 people of a, a regular attendance each and every Sunday. Now, if a thousand people attended Door of Hope regularly in a city of 80,000 people, this means we would have an incredible impact. Not just us, by the way. I mentioned last week that the other churches we are praying for, we prayed for other churches in our prayer time this morning. And that influence that we have together in our city, the influence we believe that God is wanting not just us as a door of hope to have, but the church of this city to have. So a 1,000 attendees on the current model, if you do your ratios here just for a moment, 700, 800 people called Door of Hope Home. We have about 500 people who are in a regular attendance each and every Sunday. That's the world in which we live. A thousand attendees on the current model is at least 1,800 people connected to Door of Hope if the ratio stays the same. So we're going to need, let's go to the next slide if we could. We are going to need 18, about 1,800 people for 1,000 people to be attending church weekly. Okay. So that's just the crux of this, this first goal, growing hope. There's a couple of sides to it. There's that sense that we would love to see this auditorium full, multiple service kind of uh, attendance here by 2020. But also, a huge part of it is this. You heard one of the stories this morning, a thousand stories of hope and transformation. Am I being clear enough this morning? Is this okay? Okay, good. Because this morning, I want to move on from here in a way, and I want to bring the text 
that, that I really believe God's laid on my heart for, to, 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 in regards to this goal this morning. I've been busting at the seams to share this particular passage with you this morning, and I can't wait. If you've got online access, feel free to go to uh, Uversion and type in Launceston under events and things like that. Some of the notes will be there. If not, the notes will be here as well. But let me set the scene. Here's the Apostle Paul, the great leader, the great apostle. The Apostle Paul, he's writing a letter to this little church in the city called Rome. And he's trying to remind this church what makes God's heart beat. And he says something so profound in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. And he says this, can we read it? It says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's one word in this phrase, in this sentence that captured me. What's the word, Sam? You got it, buddy. The word is everyone. 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 Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Every football fan. I, won't, I was going to say a football. I don't know if you're, you're uh, Fremantle, are you Nelson, or you're somebody else, Fremantle follower, or uh, West Coast Eagles? Oh, either, either. Okay. Depends who's winning, I guess. <laughs> I was going to pick on our Collingwood friends, but I won't this morning. Every football fan, I'll say, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Every politician, and our politicians need our prayers at the moment. In, in, it doesn't matter who and how. We certainly are unaligned here as a church with any particular party. But our politicians need our prayers at this moment. Every person that you can't stand... Every person who is different to you, who calls upon the name of the Lord, will be saved. So this morning, I want to ask you a question. How wide is your everyone? Or is it narrow? Maybe your view of everyone is everyone who looks like you, or everyone who acts like you, or everyone who thinks like you, or everyone who votes like you, or everyone who drives the same car as you, or everyone who lives in the same suburb of you. If, you. if they are like you, they are a part of your everyone. And I believe that the Apostle Paul, who's speaking to this church in Rome, if he had the chance to come and stand on this stage this morning in a kind of way he is, he would want to expand our perspective and our worldview of when it comes to our understanding who our everyone is. Because everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. This is all about growing hope. Could you imagine this church in Rome who was sitting there listening to this letter and asking, how do we do it then? And what does it look like? Well, Paul, he responds and he goes on after this particular verse that I've just read to you. And in verse 14 to 15, he says this, how then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them or sharing their story or just sitting with them and loving and giving and forgiving all of a sudden that story, that opportunity? And how can anyone preach unless they are, say this word with me, sent, unless they are 
sent. What Paul is trying to say here, and he's trying to remind the church in Rome, is that if we were going to be the kind of community all about growing hope in our community, who goes out to see every living, breathing person call on the name of the Lord, then people have to go feeling like that they've been sent Stepping out of their comfort zones, leaving the familiar, being willing to risk and share their story, willing to risk and share the good news. You know, two-thirds of God's name is go. You see, what happens when you, you and I share, when we share our story, what we heard from Mel this morning, sharing her story, someone might just hear our story. They might just believe our story. And when they believe, they might just call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Okay, so, well, Steve, how do I know that I'm sent? Well, in Paul's mind, once you call upon the name of the Lord and you are saved, you just got sent. To who? To everyone. To do what? To share your story. To share what God has done in your life. Well, I don't know what to say. Open your mouth and share what God has done in and for you in the hope that anyone who will listen and hear will taste and see that the Lord is good, then be sent themselves. And that's the good news. And that's what it's all about, growing hope. You know, Jesus, the master, he was the master at this. He modeled this so, so well in the story that I want to unfold to us this morning. It's the parable of the great banquet. In Luke chapter 14, verses 16 to 20, if you're going to hang in there just long enough to listen to this, we're going to capture something in this together. And he says this, this is the parable of the great banquet. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and he invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, come, come. For everything is now ready. What's ready? The lamb's ready. The meat's ready. The band's ready. The celebration is ready. That's ready. The grand celebration, he says, to come. But the response was like this. But they all alike began to make, say this word with me, excuses. They began to make excuses. The first said, this is the first excuse, says this, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please say it with me, excuse me. First excuse. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Is this not a weak excuse? A modern translation, I've just bought the motorbike, I'm about to take it on a bit of a cruise on the, on the roads, all right? That's a modern translation of that excuse. Listen to this excuse, this is even better. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. He's already blaming his spouse. <laughs> already. If I could have some more backlight, that would be great. The servant came back and reported this to his master. I went to my friend's. They won't come. They have what? Excuses. They're not willing to go. Can I ask you a question this morning? Have you ever experienced a bad excuse? And you know in your heart of hearts that you know that that is 
all it is is an excuse. You have invited somebody to come, to come, to come and see. And you receive that excuse, well, family, I've got to go for a ride, or I've got to work, or I'm just too busy. You know, these kind of excuses. See, for many of us, because of those excuses, and we've tried, we've actually retired from growing hope. We've been through that list of names, and those people that we know are no longer interested, and we've kind of given up on growing hope. And if that is you, I just want to share just a couple of things with you. I want you to know this, that maybe you're narrowing, narrowing God's view of everyone. What I mean by that is this, because in this parable, if you listen carefully, and we've got a little bit more to get into here in just a moment, Jesus wants to teach us what the master's view of humanity is and how wide his view of everyone truly is. Let's read on because it says this. Then the owner of the house became what? Angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and into the alleys of the town and bring in who? door of hope, our thinking needs to change. I really believe the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to us as a church right now. Our thinking needs to change. We need to bring the poor, the crippled, the blind, the name, the outsiders, the down and outers. And the servant doesn't, does just that. He returns to the master. He said, what you've ordered has been done. But, he says, but there is still room in your banquet. You see, well, here it comes. What I love, what I love about this story is that the master is trying to expand the servant's perspective on growing hope. Of who to invite. Because those four or five that you've kind of tried and tested and asked, and the master says, just as you went to your friends, there's a whole group of other people out there that you are unaware of in which you can go and in which you can grow hope. The service station people, the supermarket people, the nursing people, the nursing home people, those that are in the street kind of people. Again, I want to ask you this morning, how wide is your everyone? Then the master told his servant, he said, go. There is again, go out to the roads, out to the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. That's the dream, not for the name of Door of Hope, but for the name of God in our city, not just for Door of Hope, but for the church in our city. Can you see it? Can you see the church? Can you see people lining up at, at, the, at, the, at the doors waiting to get into church? Not just here, but the church of our city. And I brought this picture. I have this picture behind the door so no one can see. But when the doors close, and sometimes I'm in there preparing things like this, I look at this picture, and this is the dream that I have. It's full. There is not one seat empty. If I was asked you, ask you this morning, I don't want to embarrass anyone, and I'm not about to, but if you would put your hand up, if you are sitting next to an empty seat right now, I'm not going to get you to stand, but if you would be willing to put your hand straight up, 
if you were sitting next to an empty seat right now, straight up, not half-hearted, half-hearted, if you were sitting next to an empty seat, just keep them up for a moment and have a look at this picture just for a moment. Because I just want to say something else, just as you keep your hand up. This is who myself and others have to speak to each and every Sunday. And I'm saying no one. There is no one in these hands. And as I look out each and every Sunday, I see emptiness. And I'm going, what's, what's going on? I have to speak the life and hope that Jesus brings. Keep your hands up for a moment. Keep your hands up. To an empty seat. And thank you for participating and not being so embarrassed. But this is, the, this is the dream that we have. By the way, not just for a Sunday 10 o'clock service, by the way. But maybe for a 9 a.m. service and maybe 11 a.m. service. Uh, for our 5 p.m. service, maybe a 7 p.m. service at night. Maybe for a Saturday 7 p.m. service, I don't know. Maybe Friday night, youth and young adults. We don't know where God will lead us in this. We don't know. It's going to be pretty full on. Wow. Gonna be exhausted. I mean, these guys over in Western Australia, they're doing it already, which is a really great job there. But that's that's the dream. What did, what did it say? Um, so that my house will be full. So the master is saying there's still room at the banquet, there's still room for food, there's still room for the lonely, there's still room for the broken, for the outsider, for the unseen, for those who are hurting. He says that I want you to take your story because you know the kind of party that I throw. And it's a good party. You know the kind of food that's going to be at this. You know the kind of band that are going to be at this. You know that authentic community that Mel was invited into and experiencing. You know the celebration that's going. He says to go and compel. Go and compel them. What does that mean? What does that mean? When we filled up, it means this, that it's a force that is greater than yourself. It's a force that is greater than yourself because you believe in your heart of hearts in something so deeply and so deeply personal to you. So I'm asking you again this morning, how wide is your everyone? Because there's one thing that irritated Jesus more than anything else. It was when people had a narrow view of everyone. Bugged him. And he begins another parable about the soil and the farmer. Uh, and this is known as the parable of the sower. And what this parable all, is all about is four types of listeners. And there's the this kind of soil where someone hears it. There's also the kind of soil where someone's just not ready for it. But there's something I want you to understand. And that's this. And we say it in our promos for Mother's Days and Father's Days and things like that. That you are not responsible. You are not responsible for how someone responds. You see, each of us, when it comes to growing hope, we play the role of a farmer. We play the role of a farmer. Now, I was going to get some gumboots and things like that, but I decided against that. But a farmer, what does a farmer love to do? A farmer, I've got to be careful here, a farmer loves to sow. And a farmer loves to scatter seeds. That's what they do. Hoping for growth. Hoping for life. Hoping for vegetation. Hoping for food. It's what farmers do. But here's what happens. We think we've only got so much seed to scatter. We kind of plant it and we kind of pat it. We kind of water it, wondering if. But we're not responsible for how somebody responds. And I'm telling you that you can't run out of seeds because it's amazing grace. It's amazing grace and it's endless. 
It's endless. Sorry, I'll pick it up later. <laughs> and so everywhere you go, you've got this amazing grace and you're sowing the seed. But how? How do we do this? How do we do this? How do we scatter the seeds of hope when we're at a cafe, when we're in the neighborhood, when we're in a sports event, when we're shopping, when we're at the bank, when we're dropping the kids off? How do we be the kind of people that everywhere we go, we are scattering and throwing seeds. We're scattering and throwing seeds. It's all about growing hope. This is what I want to bring to us this morning. Four very simple things, and I'm done. It goes like this. You've got to look for good. You've got to look for need. You've got to invite someone to come and see. You've got to look for good. You've got to look for need. You've got to invite someone to come and see. What do we mean by that? Well, let's first of all, let's take this apart, to look for good. Wherever I go, I'm looking for good. Now, I used to, it used to be far easier to look for bad. Look for what they don't like. Look for what they wear. Look for what they talk about. Look for what they value that separates us even more. So it's easier to actually look for what's different than actually look for good. Because if we want to grow hope, if we want to grow hope, we have to first look for good. Look for good. We should be a compelling force, the Bible tells us. That compelling force for good, drawing out the good and pointing people to the way and the truth of good. Amen? Because <laughs> imagine, could you imagine just for a moment, imagine everywhere that you went in the supermarket, you were looking for good. In the hospital, you're looking for good. You went to McDonald's, you were, you're not looking for good there. <laughs> you went to work, in your workplace, in your school, you were looking for good. You went to your boss, you were looking for good as much as you possibly could. <laughs> but you were scattering seed and you were looking for good and you were growing hope wherever you were going because if you're anything like me, you don't like to be rejected. And so to protect yourself, you say somebody's no for them. And so here's what happens. <laughs> you put the seed back in your pocket. You kind of do your pocket up. But that's not growing hope, is it? That's not about growing hope. Growing is hope is when, first of all, we look for good. The second thing we said is that we're going to look for need. We're going to look for need. What I mean by that is that every human being has areas, including mine, and places in our story that God is still uh, restoring and making new. We're going to hear a story next Sunday. Bit of a plug for next Sunday. We're going to hear a story next Sunday of something I, I think is going to really inspire you. But I was standing down the back a couple of Sundays ago. I think it was Mother's Day. Right down the back there, it was just me and another friend. And they said this. They said, since coming to Door of Hope, this has been the best year, I kid you not, this has been the best year of my life. All because somebody sowed seed of hope and of transformation and made that invite, which you'll hear next Sunday. But not just that. I want to say to you, the Door of Hope community here this morning, that you had welcomed this somebody in from the outside. And you, you, you said welcome. You are welcome here. You're about growing hope. Oh, and by the way, just a little bit of a hint here. When you're looking for need, do this. Look into people's eyes. 
Because when you look into people's eyes, eyes don't lie. Because eyes can say, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I need help, and I have no hope, and I am broken. And I have just a personal story about this. And I try to connect with people throughout here, and I know our staff do an incredible job, and our volunteers, by the way do an incredible job. I was walking past a gym friend. Um, this was a good couple of years ago now. And uh, we'd often stop and just talk and just very quickly, it was just kind of shallow talk. And I sensed, as I looked into his eyes, I sensed brokenness. And I took the opportunity. I started sowing a bit more seeds. I started sowing a bit more seeds. I said, it's okay. And he started to open up. He started to share. And that gave me an opportunity to invite. And I did. I invited him along to one of our community courses, which got him connected and helped out with his brokenness. And it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard. I got a little invite. I stopped by next time. I said, take this and consider this. So when you're looking for good and when you're looking for need, you get that chance to invite someone to come and see. You see, what's amazing about this end, the end of this Romans passage that we started off with in Romans 10, 15, says, how beautiful are the feet? How beautiful are the feet? How beautiful are the feet of those who help bring good news, who bring good news? Have you seen feet of late? I cannot believe I'm doing this. <laughs> how beautiful, oh, jeepers, I hope I've, hold on. No, they're all right. They're all right. Anything to get a point across, right, Hayden? All right. <laughs> How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You see, back in the ancient Near East, they were barefoot. They were barefoot. See, check them out. Cameras, stay away. <laughs> they were barefoot or they had sandals, of course. Feet are not attractive. <laughs> they are stinky, they are dirty, they are disgusting, and yet wherever they were sent, wherever they were sent, there was something that was transformed. Something transformed those dirty feet. Have a look, there we go, there's some feet, all right? They're dirty, they're horrible, they're stupid things. <laughs> but they, anyway, part of God's design. Okay, <laughs> where was I? There was something that transformed those dirty feet into something beautiful. Why? Because they're about crushing evil. And growing hope, crushing evil, and growing hope. I have a question. Are there, face, are there faces and places for you this morning that God is calling you to so that your view of everyone would widen? What if this week, every place that you and I went to, that you and I, we were looking for good, we were looking for good, we were looking for good, and we'd throw some seeds, and we're looking for need, and we'd throw some seeds, we'd throw some seeds, and we'd be willing to invite Look for good, look for need, and invite someone to come. A couple of years ago at the, at, uh, the Global Leadership Summit, all right, um, uh, Mark Burnett spoke just a couple of years ago, and he was interviewed. And Mark Burnett is the writer of, you, know, you name the TV program that comes out of the US, one of them is the, the Survivor, which has been going on for many years. And Mark, Mark Burnett was interviewed, and he says, every time I hear the word no, so he writes this TV program. By the way, I think he wrote the, the Bible. He put that production together, that t didn't he? Didn't he? I think he did. Anyway, um, he says, every time I hear the word no, when he presents a TV show to the executives, um, he says, you know what I hear every time he hears, hears no? Next opportunity. Next opportunity. Next opportunity. When someone says no to you, you say, next opportunity. What do you say? 
next opportunity. Just keep throwing seed. Keep throwing seed and grow hope this morning as I finish up this morning. How wide is your everyone? Because growing hope requires us to look for good, look for need, invite someone to come and see in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. 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 How are we going? Okay. Let's, let's just stand for a moment because I want to pray something over you this morning. I won't get you to hold hands this week. <laughs> I won't get you to hold hands, but I will get you to do this only if you feel comfortable. We'll never force anyone to do anything here at Door of Hope. Only if you feel comfortable because I want you to receive something this morning. I want you to put your hands out in front of you. Next Sunday, I'm inviting you back to hear the third goal. Sorry, I'm wrong. It's the second goal of three goals. And we're going to hear about a city where almost every single person comes to hear about the grace, the mercy, and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. You see, they're about growing hope. And this sense of growing hope spreads so rapidly became a part of their culture, became a part of their city, and the city could not help but sit up and see the good work and the good news being spread because they became farmers, and they sowed, they sowed, and they sowed, and they never gave up because there was just so much amazing grace. I want to say this over us. This season, Door of Hope, I want to say this, that we're going places. And I'll speak this over our lives here this morning. I don't want you to miss out. We are entering, we are already in a new era in the life of our church. And my prayer is that we would all, when it comes down to it, that we'd be all about growing hope, that we would look for good, that we would look for good. There's so much rubbish out there. That we look for the need, that we'd invite someone to come and see. But all it requires, all it requires is seed. Seed, the heart of the farmer. Seed. Don't give up, door of hope. Don't give up. Because in due time, you will reap a harvest. So may you recognize that you have so many seeds of grace to give. Give it away. Give it away. And no matter, no matter what the environment, no matter the place, no matter the people, that you would encounter. May you give it all away and may your view of everyone be as wide and as expansive as the Father in heavens is in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's what we want to do. When we moved here, just you can put your hands, you can relax down, just take that. In the next closing moments, we've just got a couple of moments. We're going to spend four or five minutes, I think, doing this and we're going to sing and whatever. We've set up tables either side. For those that were here when we first moved in around about 2003, Underneath this carpet, we wrote people's names. Those people here, remember, you remember that. We wrote people's names. You may be here today because your name was written many years ago under this carpet. Maybe, maybe. We certainly know of people who are. And so the miracle that is about to unfold with us this morning, we've got three or four tables either side. We're going to do that again, not under the carpet, (laughs) on the carpet. Anyway, pieces of paper either side. We're going to 
put them in, a, not this folder, by the way, in a special folder. We've got a prayer team who believe in the power of prayer, who are going to pray for these people and intercede for these people on your behalf. Of course, we would encourage each of us to be praying. And so these next few moments, it might be one person. It might be two people. It might be a whole workplace. It might be relatives, an auntie, an uncle. Whoever it is for you, write it down. Write these names down. And we're going to collate them. Please don't take these pieces of paper with you. And please, no surnames. Keep them as private as you possibly can. I'm just going to put my people's initials, for example. But no surnames. We don't want to need to know their full names. This is a private thing. And so we just love to pray for them because this is an eternal matter. This has come back to the picture of the banquet and there's plenty of room for everyone. There's a party going on and we're going there. And I hope you are too. And I hope you get the passion that's building within us as a church community for those who go without hope each and every day because it's out there. It is out there. So these next few moments, feel free. Maybe both halves, we go that side each, if you know what I mean. Anyway, see what happens. We're going to write some names down. Feel free to move as you are ready. There's plenty of pens and paper and tables there. And We're going to come back in a moment to finish the service off, I think, with a song. Let's do that now.